listening to Pushing It, where we normalize the shit out of pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. I'm Elise McAllister. Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Jen Laird. I really had to think about that there. Uh, I think you might need some protein, my friend. <laughs> I really do. I ate an egg in the car, yeah. like a hard-boiled egg, okay. which means Not it's... like a raw egg, you just <laughs> cracked it on the steering wheel. So like Rocky style, right? Isn't he the one that ate the raw eggs or drank the raw eggs? Oh, it's been a while since I've seen the Rocky I movies. I was like, all right, going into the office today, eating the eggs. But eating I... the raw egg. <laughs> oh, it's going to smell so bad when I get into my car on the way home oh. today. It's going to smell like hard-boiled oh, eggs. Oh, that's a bad smell. But I did it so that it wouldn't smell like eggs in this office when oh, pregnant yeah, I, people come in today. Because that's a jerk move. Do right? appreciate that. That's yeah, like not. You, you don't eat hard-boiled eggs yeah. in a really small space before no. pregnant people come no, no, in. No, no, no. Don't no. be that person. No. Can I tell you a story? Yes, please. Oh, sorry, mother-in-law, if you're listening to this show because Uh-oh. it's all about you. Uh oh. <laughs> when I was pregnant with my first, she threw a baby shower for me. And I was teaching prenatal yoga at the time. And so I had to teach a class before my baby shower. <laughs> and I got up and I, they were setting up for the shower. And I got in my actual like water shower and uh, took a shower. Got oh, all... wait. I thought we were going to. You were going to say something about, like, farting while you were doing Downward Dog or no. something. No. Oh, okay, but good. lots of that happened. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, that's just normal in prenatal yoga. Oh, boy. But I got into the shower, and I got ready, and I came out of the shower, and she had decided that she was making egg salad sandwiches as the... One of the main things that we would be eating That's for my baby shower. A little, little strong. Little so strong. there was like 50 hard-boiled eggs made, <gasps> cracked, 50? and peeled How in my kitchen. How many people coming to this party? And I'm pretty sure. Oh, there was a lot of people. There was a lot of family <laughs> at this party. And if you've ever listened to another episode of our show, I say that a lot. Um, you know that I am a pro-puker, especially while I'm pregnant. <laughs> puke, puke, puke. <laughs> it's like no big deal but I'm really nauseous in my pregnancies first and third trimesters and I walked out and my wife said that she could see my face turn like cartoon green oh no (laughs) like it must have looked there weren't emojis back then but I must have looked like that puke emoji just turned green and I grabbed her and I looked at her and I said when I get back from my class it better not smell like eggs in here. I thought you were going to say, I grabbed her and said, when I get back from puking, it better not. <laughs> I want all the eggs gone. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And I walked out. And? They were sandwiches when I returned. Okay. So they, they no longer smell? Uh, they were slightly better. It's but a strong smell, right? It was a very strong smell. Kind of like me making meatballs last night. 
was uh, like, well, if I'm going to make some, I might as well make, well make a lot. Did you make 50? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It was like two pounds of ground beef and like two pounds of like sausage. Why aren't we recording at your house and eating meatballs during the show? So then I took half of it and froze it. And then the other half we had for dinner, but we still had leftovers. So, which is kind of nice. Cause you know, you keep feeding the people and, um, but the whole house smelled like, you know, when you fry, yeah, you know, but it then it kind of smells a little funky too, like stale. Like I go into my bedroom because apparently the door was closed. And I'm like, oh, now it just smells like old meatball in here from hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's light some candles up in this place. Get that diffuser going. <laughs> See, we had the double smell in our house last night because I made cauliflower mac and cheese <gasps> as a side. Oh, oh, cauliflower. Cauliflower these smells. Poor, at least these poor pregnant people listening to all of these smells. Right? How how many people have we lost already? I don't. We're just watching we the keep, numbers drop. Be careful. Right? Sorry, be guys. Be careful. But it starts out with this delicious, like, baked mac and cheese smell, and it ends with everybody's digested <laughs> cauliflower's <gasps> fart smell. Am I... <laughs> oh, that is a gassy, gassy food. It is so gassy. Oh, it is not a happy boy. time in our home. Oh, Sorry, boy. guys. All right. Well, moving moving back towards the pregnancy talk here. Aside from the McAllister fart house. Speaking of... We're um, talking about food. <laughs> interesting smells. Lived in uh, Southern California, um, pregnant with the first, and a lot of Mexican food around. And that smell was like, oh my gosh. I thought I had, you know, reoccurring flu symptoms, like, for weeks at a time. Oh. This nasty flu I just cannot shake. Um, Is this before you knew you were pregnant? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And so the smell of Mexican associated with that, like, ooh, darn it, I think I have the flu. And then it imprints on your nose buds. Is that a thing? Um, (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, oh, no, Mexican. Oh, no. And I got a little concerned that I would never be able to eat Mexican again, Um, which is difficult when you live in Southern California near the border. Um, And um, then... Uh, one of my happiest memories, though, you know, when you're first pregnant and you like feel hungry, but you can't eat because oh. then you feel kind of nauseous, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't think I had a lot. I had zero understanding about um, being able to uh, make my blood sugar levels, you know, more stable and that actually eating helped you not feel nauseous, etc. right? Because when you got the flu, it's not a great idea to eat a lot because right. you're going to vomit, right? So I equated that. Um, anyway, there was one night where I'm like, the only thing I want in life, probably with tears added to it, is Italian food from this one restaurant that we loved, which is funny because years later, um, we went... Um, um, looking for this restaurant, right? Could not find, I mean, we're talking like 10 years later, right? Oh, and I loved, I mean, I still, as I think about it and talk about it, I'm like, Oh, I don't even remember the name of the place, but it was one of those like, Oh, am I in grandma's, you know, Italian grandma's, you know, living room here. It was that kind of, but then they moved. That's right. They were like grandma's Italian style, like, you know, decor, and then they moved into a little more fancy space, and I'm like, oh, why'd you do that? You should have kept it, Grandma's. Anyway, but that was, like, literally the best meal of my life. 
I'm like, I feel full. I don't feel nauseous. This is amazing. Italian food forever. Yes, please. But I still don't learn, hey, little bits of food, you're actually going to feel less nauseous. So brings us to our topic today, which is we're going to be talking a bit about um, eating in pregnancy. Um, about, we'll get serious for a minute and we'll talk a little bit more about loss of control in pregnancy, our bodies change and how for some that's really, really difficult. Right, Elise? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So a lot of control needs out there and nothing makes you feel like you're losing control. Yep. Like having a baby and then having kids. Yeah. It's feeling like an alien, I think, in your body. Oh, yeah. What, like I just talked about, I couldn't predict I had no idea that if I eat small amounts of food regularly and I add some protein in there, I actually feel better. But I had no understanding of that. Um, And no choice over what foods were going to feel right in your body. Right. I was telling Jen a story about when I was first pregnant, and actually this is true for both my pregnancies, I had really high hopes about what I was going to eat, but in particular my first I uh, I had pulled out my nutrition and pregnancy textbook from midwifery school. I and can then, imagine for you it was even a little more challenging than your average pregnant person because you had midwifery school. Your job was to inform pregnant folks about what's their body needs and pregnancy yeah. and nutrition and all of that. Yeah. Absolutely. I had pressure. really high expectations of myself. I was like, I'm going to eat carrots when we grow eyes and, you know, I am only going to eat organic salads and I'm going to make sure my protein levels are just perfect. And it turns out that all I really wanted Aww. was Captain Crunch and French fries for my yeah. first. And for my second, the only thing I could eat was artichoke. Uh, spicy artichoke dip and baguette <laughs> oh, wow. was the only thing until it wasn't. Now we're and talking about like just newly pregnant or for a while in there? Most of the first trimester. Yeah. 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 And with my first, like we couldn't even say chicken. We had to call it the C word and it wasn't allowed oh my in my house at all. Most me, I couldn't go to the grocery store. Yeah. I couldn't see raw meat. I couldn't see food. I couldn't go to a restaurant because I couldn't see pictures of food in a oh, menu. Wow. I was that nauseous. Um, yeah, yeah. I was really, really sick. Right. And so it was hard. And so even that, like, trying to raise my blood sugar to not be yeah. sick, even sips of liquids, made me sick. So Oof. that was challenging. Yeah. And so all those expectations I had of myself. Oh, boy, that's a blow, right? It was. It was. And it realizing that it wasn't about just trying to grow the perfect eyes right. and, you know, create this perfect baby, which yeah. doesn't exist. Right, right. Um, it was about just trying to not get sick. Yeah. And, and meet some minimal meet needs. Yeah. A midwife that I worked with um, while in school, um, she would inform folks in the first trimester, um, hey, so are you, you know, are you eating? And they're like, oh, I know I'm having a difficult time, blah, blah, blah. And she'd say, you know what? really okay if you don't eat a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables you can save those for the second trimester just try to keep yourself 
from vomiting. So talking about, again, you know, trying to get some of that protein in, making sure you're eating small, frequent meals, et cetera. But one of her thoughts around it was that maybe there's something within our body that craves um, more carbs and so on, and maybe some nuts, is because it's trying to keep us from fresh fruits and vegetables tend to have... Um, what do you call it? Where's my word? I need more coffee. Um, what do you call it? Like uh, the things in the, they spray on the stuff. The sprays, yeah. They, the preservatives and the. Oh, the fertilizers. Thank there you. you. Go. Oh yeah. my gosh. Like that was a really hard word. Thank I know. You. We're, I we're half asleep the... still. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. 10 a.m. So the fertilizers and maybe that there's a self-protection that our body is like, nope, I don't want those. I don't crave those types of foods. I want these kinds of foods because potentially there's um, things that it's trying to keep our body from. Mm-hmm. Um, so E. coli, you know, like. I'm not saying don't eat fresh fruits and vegetables in the first trimester, but I'm just saying that this is something that I've heard is that our body has this protection mechanism from, you know, E. coli outbreaks and spinach. Well, if you're not craving a lot of spinach, then you're not eating that a lot in the first trimester. So anyway. And sometimes raw meat or there's just more risk sometimes with these things and your body is protective of that. And there's not a lot of risk with Captain Crunch. Yeah. And French fries. I mean. (laughs) Also not a lot of nutrients in there, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) But my body was like, this feels really safe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I had probably never had Captain Crunch in, I mean, it had been years, and I haven't had it since. But, oh, man, that was so good. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) So I'm also thinking about when um, I was pregnant, and I would have the folks um, say to me, oh, my gosh, how, how pregnant, you know, how many months long are you or whatever? And I'd tell them, and they're like, what? No way. You're so small. So internalizing that was like, oh, no. What am I doing wrong that Mm. I have not grown a bigger baby? Are you not eating enough? Yes. I had people say that to me. And I think especially as someone who had um, struggled a bit with disordered eating and an eating disorder, having someone say, are you not eating enough was like, oh, so you think I don't like – care for my baby enough to actually fuel my body what and of course I didn't in you know speak any of those things out but you internalized it, was, it I internalized it just like you were talking about like I had this shame this idea of it's supposed to be this way and I hear a lot of people will talk about um you know I'm like having a bigger, um, you know, f- carrying on the outside. So it potentially looks like maybe they're further along in their pregnancy than they actually are. So um, that was me all the yeah. way. I always carry really big. In fact, I remember being, oh gosh, was I, I was in my first trimester and visiting a friend who was, gosh, I want to say her baby was a few months ahead of mine. Oh my gosh. And we have a picture together and I am bigger yeah. than her. Yeah. And we have a really cute picture of us together and I am I am quite a bit bigger than her. And she just carries really small. Yeah. She carries yeah. on the inside. We joke that she has yeah. a wormhole. Yeah. And I do not. And all bodies are really different. Absolutely. But people would always say, "Wow, are you sure you don't have twins in there?" And I birth you know, my babies are six pounds when they're yeah. born yeah. and they're like 16 pounds when they're one. They're yeah. tiny. Yeah. And it would always make me feel really bad because I'm yeah. like, well, what else is in there? Like bricks, you know? So public service announcement, 
never comment on whether oh. someone is big or small. They're Just perfect. say, you look beautiful. Yeah. Because you, uh, guys, you actually have no idea whether or not people are struggling with um, some challenge in their pregnancy as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, for all of you who might be feeling that little bit of like, wait, should I be bigger? Should I be smaller? What's wrong with me? I must be eating too much. I must be eating too little. Um, of course, check in with your provider. But in general, let's, you know, step back a little bit here and go, all of us have different sized torsos, right? Yep. All of us are different heights. Some of us have places for that baby to be more internalized because of our our height, our, our bone structure, all of this beauty in that we're all different human beings. So there isn't a lineup of comparison, right? Um, so and there's so much more to consider too. I have a couple of friends who have had fibroids uh, who, that were significant enough to actually tell us make what a them fibroid look. is. So it's a growth. Yes. A growth yeah. on the inside. Yes. yes. So a growth, um, and that was growing um, large enough that it would take up space with baby. Yeah. And, you know, it, they would say, gosh, you look like you're uh, about to pop or is this baby coming soon? And they weren't very far along. Right. Or baby was already born. And oh, right. they made a comment. Um, you know, you don't want to say something to somebody about how far right. along they are. And then they have to say, gosh, oh, I'm actually not that far along. I've got a fibroid. So don't comment oh. on someone's size. Just yeah. tell them they look We'll probably amazing. speak into the choir here, though, where, like, most people right. listening you guys to are us are listening like, and a lot of people who are pregnant. But, um, okay, so um, we're not going to get into specifics Um of what you should or shouldn't eat in pregnancy. We've given you some of our practical own experience with um, dealing with life in the first trimester um, and even some of our own feelings of shame and guilt around that. Um, But I feel pretty passionate about, in general, our American diet culture. So let me explain what that means. So a diet culture is one of, you turn on the radio, And what do you hear, right? It's the newest fad of um, what you should or shouldn't be eating. Um, You know, I have (laughs) a serious XM radio in my car. And I love (laughs) me the Today Show. Oh, Jen just got a new car. I did. But I I, I had it in the other one, too. Oh, did you really? Yeah, my 2012. Oh. Anyway, I have the Today Show. I never watched the Today Show. I have no idea what these people even look like. Here I'm like adding myself about the Today Show. But I really like it, right? Ah. <laughs> um, and anyway. Are you I, hearing about fad diets on All this? the time. Especially like, with the new year. So it's not just the fad diet, but here's what I'm talking about. is more of the like, here's a good way to eat. Like, here's the low fat, low whatever it is, right? And when we look at what our ancestors, their health and well-being, you know, it's it's different, right? Like, then we're not seeing in our culture with all some of these fad things happening, a, a less disease, right? Right. You know, so if I'm eating... Um, I've figured this out over time. If I eat this, like, whatever aspartame-filled sugary yogurt, or I eat, like, a Greek yogurt that's got a little bit of fat in it, which one actually keeps me, my blood sugar, how do I feel in myself, 
right? I feel better after I've had that a little bit of fat and protein in it. So this has taken me years and years and years, friends, to figure out of how do I tune into what fuels my body in the best way and not to listen to kind of this like, oh, I shouldn't eat this food after this time and rules and regulations because I've seen um, how that actually really can lead into um, some really dangerous territory of rules. And what's behind that, you guys, is a loss of control. There, There is a desire, sorry, not a loss of control, but a desire for control. And even behind that is this image of what is the perfect person look like? You know, they are toned and lean and they're strong and they have lots of energy and they're eating this kind of diet. Insert what you might think. Oh, and we see so much of that with pregnancy too. I feel like every single thing that I see with pregnant women on it, and there's so much when you're pregnant, I feel like it just... You sign up for one thing and you get a ton of it in your mailbox and it's all over. I don't even know where, but I find it everywhere. Even books that you buy, and I feel like we buy a lot of books when we're pregnant, are all this one shape pregnant woman with the basketball belly, which is, I mean, I am not shaming that shape, but there are so many shapes of pregnancy. I, I did not have that shape. I am, I, I am pregnant in all the places of my body. Like, you know, people talk about, oh, that person, you can't tell that she's pregnant from behind. You can tell that I am pregnant if you can only see the top of my head. (laughs) (laughs) If you see my feet, you know that I am pregnant. And that is also totally fine. Like, you can be pregnant in all, in any way that your body needs to be pregnant. And most of the time, you can't force a type of pregnant body. And I find that you really can't force your body to gain a uh, certain amount of weight. Yeah. Um, those who gain more weight, usually it's not because they eat too much. Yeah. yeah, yeah or yeah. those who gain less weight, it's... Yeah you gain what you gain in pregnancy for yeah. the most part. Yeah. In fact, I've seen... Um... While, again, in midwifery school, I remember this particular client who was working with a nutritionist um, and hoping to um, change kind of the way that she was eating. So um, I want to call this intuitive eating, where you're listening to your body, you're tuning into it. And I'm working with this nutritionist um, and starting some exercise that she actually wasn't gaining weight in pregnancy, that she was losing weight, which for her, again, working with professionals, was really healthy for her in the body that she was currently living in. Now, in my body, for instance, in the the set weight that I was starting pregnancy, for me to have been losing weight would not have been healthy for either my body or the development of my child, right? right? So along the way here, there's very, there's, again, we're humans, we're all different. So let's, let's tell a little story. Okay. There's this person and she is um, kind of struggling a little bit with like, gosh, I want to be a healthy person and I feel like if I can um, start to control my um, exercise and eating that I will have optimal health and I will feel better in my body. Now, when I say body, what really underlining under that was 
her mental state, right? Her heart, her emotions, her soul was feeling under controlled. And so she decided, all right, I'm going to control this. The weight of the path of health is for her a specific way of eating, which um, made her cut down a lot of different food groups, right? And then adding to that was a pretty uh, intense exercise regime. So this person is like, following all these because to eat like this you got to know the things right you're 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 buying into a group a camaraderie and we live of course in the internet age so she starts um watching all these folks um these folks who eat a particular way who are marathon runners right and she's like awesome this is great i'm going to you know be like this i'm going to be the picture of health and because i'm going to be healthy i'm going to feel really great in my soul and it's going to be amazing, right? So on down the road, um, there becomes the evidence um, that that's not happening, you know, and um, a disorder develops out of this. So it's curious to listen to this person now that um, she has an understanding of, of this thought process and to look back at, I subscribe to this. I heard all these folks who um, told me about a way to live and I actually got sicker and hollower and more and more unhealthy mentally, right? And from the outside, she probably looked the picture of health, but she was dying inside, Mm. right? And what she was looking for and didn't realize at the time was a means of control but she bought into this idea of health looks this way it's about this type of movement and it's about this type of eating right so i'm giving a pretty um you know out there example of someone that has struggled in this area but i wonder if a part of our culture feeds us some of those ideas absolutely I think it's so true. I think we're constantly fed that. This is not the first time I've shared that story of that fit. Oh, I can't say the name. The This fit magazine that had something to do with pregnancy that I saw at the pediatrician's office, right? Yeah. Where I was there and I there was a picture of a celebrity who was in a belly shirt holding their newborn baby and said how to how to bounce back yeah. in in weeks. Yeah. And I want to say it was like 2 weeks and oh, I yeah. I don't know where that stack of <laughs> magazines went, you know, uh, but I took them. I was just, uh, you know, I, I did. I threw them all in the garbage. I, you know, I was furious because this is so unhealthy. Especially yes. when you're postpartum, oh, but really gosh. at any time, because this person you're telling the story about had not just had a baby. Right. But- so I was pregnant at the same time as Catherine Z- Zeta oh, Jones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What? 16, 17 years ago now. And totally that where all the magazines are like her, how she bounced back her, your postpartum diet and how she did it and all of that. And it was another celebrity at the time who I can't remember who it was, but again, a famous celebrity who was like very big in movies and so such at the time. Like we had babies within weeks of each other horrible for my internal and again not having that understanding that what if I'm intending to breastfeed that my body needs that extra weight in order to um, provide 
food for my child. Exactly. And that's a biological way that we are, are, are made right? Our bodies know, oh wait, famine comes. If I don't have that extra layer of fat, then I'm going, my baby's not going to have enough food as well. It can take from those stores. So it's a biologically inherited thing. Um, At the same time, we are not speaking ill against anyone whose body just naturally sheds sheds the extra um, weight that it took to grow a baby in pregnancy after they have a baby. So let's not focus so much on that happening or celebrate it like it's an amazing thing. I was recently at a birth and somebody, um, gosh, it was less than an hour after the baby was born and somebody at the birth said to the the mother who gave birth, oh my goodness, look at you. You're going to be back in your maternity genes by the end of the week. Or I'm sorry, maternity? back in your regular genes <laughs> yeah. by the end of the week. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? She hasn't even peed yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is insane. Yeah, yeah. Why are we, who the heck cares? <laughs> is this Preach really? It. <laughs> I was pissed, Jen. Yes, I know you are. This is, I mean, I know this is like my soapbox issue. I could go on for day. I could do 500 podcasts on this. This really pisses me off. Yeah. But really, let's stop celebrating it. If that's your story, that's great. And if it's not your story, that's great. But we don't need to give it any more weight than anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. Woo! Thank okay, you. Getting all worked up. Now I'm warm. Ooh. Now I'm warm. Now, now I'm it, it was chilly in here, but now she's she's got it. I so know. I'm gonna get reprimanded for getting too noisy in yeah. here. Yeah. So I'm thinking about in um in this idea of what does perfect health look like, that that actually can be something outside of ourselves rather than the integration of all aspects of our ourselves. So Tell me more. Health is not simply a state of lack of disease, but health is about emotional, oh, yeah. body, and physiological attributes. So... Emotional, you said? Absolutely. So to be healthy is the, is the incorporation of all these parts of our, of our psyche. Of, so have you, have you seen a mentally ill person who is perfectly um, healthy within their body? Yeah. Exactly. But we don't, I don't think in our general culture, give that the respect that it's due. Nor right. do we see a picture of healthy, and I'm using my little fingers in the air quotes, of a body that's chiseled and, um, you know, they're eating their whatever kind of food and go, oh yeah, that's healthy. Well, that person could actually be really, really struggling emotionally. That person could be suicidal, but right. we don't know that because our our ideal in our society gives that external appearance of health rather than actually looking at the internal appearance of what is um some some triggers some things that we need to look for some um some ways to see whether or not someone is is close to um i don't know even suicide i mean i, I honestly Like, take it to the bigger picture. That is not the picture of health. And in the same breath, when our society looks at someone who lives in a bigger body, what is the stereotype our society gives them? Oh, you're lazy. Oh, you just eat too much. Right. You don't do enough. 
right? Have you met someone with polycystic ovarian, wait, what am I saying? Yeah, syndrome, thank you, PCOS, or a thyroid condition, or a multitude of other things? Well, weight loss has nothing to do, or weight gain, or... Absolutely, that's the point It has nothing to do with being lazy Absolutely. or overeating. I mean, way to way to minimize, right? Exactly. And oversimplify. Right. right. And um, there is more of a movement as well today of this idea of health at every size where Absolutely. we can actually look at, and there's, you know, online resources of this idea of we're healthy at every size, that you can live in a bigger body and be absolutely healthy. And if we're really defining health as emotional health as well, Someone who lives in a bigger body could be, air quotes again, healthier than that person who is in the chiseled body eating their whatever amazing food, but who is internally really not doing well. Right. Absolutely. So a little challenge here, I think, to rediscover what biases maybe we even have within ourselves. And and here's the important point here, you guys, is that... I want you to discover some of those biases so that you're not being unkind to yourself mm-hmm. in the state of rapid change within your body, which is the definition of pregnancy and postpartum. Because some people, their bodies change so much oh when they're goodness. pregnant and they feel like, wow, this doesn't look anything like my body. Seriously. And you have to do some really big work around. <sighs> This letting go of control of the changes in your body, stretch marks, hips shifting, breast size change. Yes. Lack of breast size change, ankles, pain in your back, those sorts of things that are really different. When you are postpartum, you might notice that some things don't change back. Right. Or other people do. Right. And so it takes a lot of of work around that and so being gentle with yourself around yeah. that my my weight pre-pregnancy um that that number was gotten to but those pants didn't fit right yeah and um at that point in my life there was a lot of internal like what is wrong with me how do I get better at this what's happening right Absolutely. versus an understanding of self-acceptance letting control go, letting my ideal image, and we're talking internally, I'm talking me, my ideal image of what I should look like to be attractive or healthy, right? Those pants weren't going to fit again. In my case, I'm really talking personally here because my hips had shifted into a different place in my body. That was not a bad thing. That was an acceptance of oh my goodness, my body did an amazing thing um, and it, it, it grew and brought forth life a few times. And I honestly, I think I'm, I'm, I'm sad. I have a little personal grief around that, that I couldn't feel what I just said then yeah. after having children. Honestly, that has come further along in my adult life and I, I love that I think that's a message I see often on social media is one of acceptance of like, look what my body did. It's amazing. This is 
great. Um, and I'm talking to everybody now. I'm, I'm talking to the people who needed to have surgical births. I'm talking to the people whose um, babies were small for gestational age, who yeah. maybe feel like I my body wasn't good enough, right? That's It was good enough. It is yeah. good enough. So I think going back, Elise, to your point of the whole idea of loss of control and that knowing that our body might even change daily in pregnancy, it definitely does postpartum. You're like, wait, oh, yeah. what, what happened here? Um, and that is an important internal work that we have the challenge to do during pregnancy is redefining that record that plays in our head. Do people know what records are, Elise? Yes. Okay, good. That record that plays in our head that's... um, (laughs) Oh, man. That CD. People know what CDs are. Records are more timeless. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) You um, certainly can't say the tape that plays in your head. (laughs) No, no. You got to rewind that. A record at least just keeps going around. It's circular. You know, you have to pick up the needle and start it at the beginning, though. Oh, that's true. Anyway, where Jen was doesn't it? have any vinyl in her house. Where was I going with that? Oh, yes, I do. We have a record player. I do. Oh, yeah. And we have, like, um, what's her name? Um, anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> um, okay, my, my serious point here was that that record that's playing in your head of negative thoughts about your body, about its ability to grow a child, of the perfect way to eat, the perfect way to stay in shape, um, that how do you uh, come up against that? How do you challenge those ideals and go, wait a sec, something that my brain just automatically goes towards how do I pull back from that and look at that from a different perspective? And you guys, this is not easy work. No. This is not a one and done thing. This could honestly be the project of your pregnancy to get in tune with your body in a different way. What does my body need right now? It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't need quick energy. It actually needs protein. I'm going to grab those nuts out of my bag that I threw in there, right? right. Um, oh, I'm feeling kind of blue. How about I go for a brisk walk? You know, um, I think I've told people I've gotten kind of addicted to this new workout thing because, gosh, it is giving me beautiful endorphins. I love it. I did a workout this morning, so I'm still kind of high. That's why I'm still talking really real quick like and passionately Ah. you know and um i have figured out what my personal body needs in the way that i can keep both healthy in my body and in my mental state and that involves movement and on the same token if it feels sweet to go out for some ice cream on a date night oh my god that's totally okay too you know everybody is all up in arms about this whole Marie Kondo sparking joy business Jen's like fighting the fighting the trend I got some feelings around her (laughs) I mean no I I I have good feelings and it's another podcast yeah. We'll go there later. Ah, that's hilarious. But I've been doing it. But what I really love is, well, I, lo- I love a lot of things yes. about what she's doing. But one of the things that I'm really into is sparking joy. Yeah. And I love the idea of deciding what sparks joy in your life yeah. and and living your best life, really. Right. And so if... <laughs> Trademark Oprah? 
<laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Keep going, Marie Kondo. Yeah, um, but uh, you know, just really like what sparks joy in you, and if going out for ice cream and having some sweet time, if you're going to do that with some friends oh, yeah. or oh, your dude. partner. Go have some ice cream. Don't make it about, oh, I can't. You know, nothing should be restricted. Jen's going to get all vulnerable up in here. You ready? Yeah, do it, Um, I could get kind of addicted to this high that I get from working out. So I have to be really careful that I'm not going overboard with it, to be really honest. Yeah. Because um, my body also needs rest, and I need to tune in to ask myself, what do I actually need today? Do I need to go and do this workout or do I need to rest? Because sometimes um, I think we're not even av- we're not in tune enough with our emotional soul to go, what is the most life-giving thing that I could do right now? Sometimes the most life-giving thing you would do is take a freaking nap. Yep. And sometimes for me, the most life-giving thing I can do is clean the bathroom because I'm looking for a sense of control, right? And if my relationships can start to feel a little out of whack, then I go clean the bathroom. Or cleaning the bathroom is actually negatively impacting my uh, relationships because I actually need to pause and find some center. And that's not about controlling something. Or someone. Yes. You want to share something vulnerable too? Just kidding. (laughs) No, but I, this, you guys, it's life is a long journey of understanding yourself. Yep. And about the time you think you understand, you don't. And I, um, I think that's also the beauty of, um, I'm going to say aging. I don't know. Growing up. No, not growing up because that connotates you were like a little kid and now you're growing up. But that's, I, I really have embraced this as it is so much easier to live in myself today than it was 10 years ago. Yeah. I've learned a lot of lessons. There's a lot of understanding out there that I have not been exposed to until now. Um, okay, so loss of control. Let's talk about some ways that um, we, we kind of put out a challenge, Elise. Like, hey, look at behind this idealism of perfection, growing the perfect baby, eating the perfect way, feeling bad about yourself, feeling shame. Potentially, actually, we can look at that as loss of control. Absolutely. And do some work around that. And the pause, the pause of where is this coming from? The curiosity, right? Of um, when those invasive thoughts might come in of like, you're not enough, you didn't eat well, you're lazy. I mean, gosh, that first trimester, you should go take a nap. You're exhausted. You're right? growing a human. You're growing a human. that first trimester is awful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard work. So go take a nap. You're you're doing a lot. I mean, dude, you're growing eyeballs, for goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> Bones. 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 That is big, big Big stuff. stuff. Yeah. So some ideas about maybe tuning in more to that, um, you know, loss of control and um, how to be adaptive with that is you might need a therapist. Yep. You might. 
honestly and it doesn't mean you're depending on what city you live in or where what your cultural background is it can be seen as like oh i must be really screwed up i'm going to a therapist uh-uh oh we think everybody needs a therapist yeah i always just want to talk to people yeah it's a great idea yeah so honor yourself and maybe get a therapist if that's not in your ability get yourself some information about the variations of health and well-being and then it doesn't look a certain way mm-hmm. um i'm looking especially up, in pregnancy absolutely so i'm looking up some of those resources and we'll put them in the show notes for you guys um so we encourage that and then um guys the work of loss of control during pregnancy it is setting you up for a really different experience in pregnancy i'm sorry what am i saying in 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 parenting right because we have this time during pregnancy to kind of um lay a foundation that we build on of all right i can't control everything I cannot control when my baby's going to sleep or when my baby's going to be awake or um, all the different things. Who your kid grows up to be, who they are when they're five or ten. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't protect them from getting scraped knees or a scraped heart. It's so true. And that's painful. It is. And it's, it's about having a relationship also with another human being. So I think the point here is that you're laying a a network, a foundation of what it's going to be like to engage with your child as they grow up in parenting. Mm -hmm. Not an easy journey, folks. It really isn't. So true. So embracing that. Um, Practical tips. We got some of those. Yeah, absolutely. Besides find a therapist. (laughs) Ha <laughs> Yeah, um, absolutely. So when you are hungry, because you're going to be hungry, this isn't about three meals a day, right? That nobody, nobody, not even when you're pregnant, mm-hmm. can exist on three meals a day. So sticking lots of snacks around. Yeah. Uh, nuts in your bag. If you have a purse that you carry, stick some nuts in your purse, stick some nuts in your car, or some other little snacks that you can have around that are protein-filled. A lot of times when you're craving sugar, it's actually protein that you're craving. Yeah. So having some things around that can easily fill you up one hand and snacks. And then having water, extra water, carry a huge thing of water with yeah. you. Um, it's really helpful. You know, there are ways that you can flavor water too. If you just get tired of just plain water, yeah. be careful about sugars or faux sugars out there. Mm-hmm. But now and then if you're like, oh, I know if I just drink so much water, I get like, oh, okay, I'm ready yeah. for another flavor for a yeah. while. Yeah. Put a little lemon in it or, you know, sometimes I squeeze a Satsuma orange or something. In there. I know. I did that. The cucumber water that is like in fancy hotel lobbies. Yeah. Yummy. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. I'll throw a couple of berries or something in there. Yeah. Yeah. Feels fancier. Sometimes you can't even taste it, but it just feels nicer. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'll do. Yep. So those sort of things. What you got, Jen? Into, I, I think the idea of like tuning in, just tune in to, how's my body feel when I eat these particular foods? Yeah. You know, um, tuning into how do I feel um, emotionally if I'm eating some ice cream or I'm whatever it might feel, right? And giving one permission to, um, to not restrict. Yeah. And um, to tune into 
what does it feel like to stop eating when I feel full? You know, or what does it, or maybe during pregnancy, um, you realize, oh, I do, Elisa's favorite line, what is it, hungerful full? Hungerful, yes. The, um, the stage at the end where you're hungry and full at the same time because there's no road. Room, of, not rude. <laughs> a lot of baby taking up space there. So, um, yeah, yeah. And and align yourself with folks that um, are speaking these good messages. Don't just read all this, I don't know, find balanced information out there. Yes, absolutely. Figure out your stages of hunger and if you, what you need to do before you get to the the I'm a starving monster hangry stage. I know I have stages of hunger. I'm not very good at that. Yeah. And it goes quickly when you're pregnant. I know for myself, like, I get this, I could eat a salad or some carrots and hummus stage. And if I miss it there, then (laughs) I get into the give me some french fries or I'll kill you stage. Yeah. Right? And so I need to, like, really find that middle ground. Do you know what that's called? It's called the hunger scale. <laughs> and it's actually a thing. Oh, look at that. Oh, it is out there. Mine, um, mine doesn't have a lot of middle ground, so I have right. to catch it real fast. Well, um, if you're oh. tuning into your body, actually, it's a number scale between, I want to say it's 1 and 10. Oh, and so most of the time, we should be at around a 7. And so if you find yourself being at like kind of that 4, you're like, oh, I noticed I didn't eat enough. I need to add to that so I can get up towards the 7. Um, or you go, oh, well, I'm going to be eating in an hour. I'm okay at this point, but I know I'm going to need to head towards that 7. But it's um, part of it's it's the hunger scale. You can look it up online. Um, but it's a great way of, again, tuning into your body and its needs and wanting to stay not at ravenous but also not at 10 where you're actually feeling like i might vomit because i'm so full right or using that voice yours might have that monster voice too or using your monster voice (laughs) as well exactly you can assign voices to your hunger scale as well if you need yes and (laughs) i know i've tuned into my body a little bit more to figure out sometimes i'm not actually hungry but i get a really bad headache Mm. so my tummy's not telling me i'm hungry but my head is so again, it's kind of tuning into what's my body saying. Um, so, I'm pretty passionate about this sort of stuff, you guys. Um, love some feedback or some questions if you guys are feeling like, hey, I'm not sure what she was even talking about with that please shoot us an email. Um, We'd love to engage further around this topic. And our email address is Jen and what is our email address? Jen and Elise at pushingitpodcast.com. That's us. And we're on Instagram at pushingitpodcast on Instagram. And at Facebook at pushingitpodcast. Boy, that gets repetitive, doesn't it? It sure does. Oh, man. All of the pushing it. Yep. There we are. Come and find us and tell your friends about us. Yeah. Check us out. Happy eating and moving and growing a baby. We love you guys. See you next time.
not going to see them, right? That's no, weird. No, that's so weird. Although we'd love to see their faces on Instagram. Hey, you, you can send us a picture of yourself. Okay. Ooh, that would be so fun. I love pictures. Okay, bye.